our last week in the book of Romans. We're going to move back to the gospel. Um, and we're going to begin looking at the life of Jesus and how it applies to our life. Um, and through the actual tangible works of Jesus Christ. But this is a powerful week. The liturgy was only through verse 8. And I extended it through the whole chapter. So forgive me. <laughs> but it is amazing. And I encourage you after today, after hearing this word, to go home and read the following four or five chapters of Romans, all the way through chapter 16. Because all of the work that we've done in the book of Romans up to this point has been Paul saying why we do what we do through Jesus Christ and why, we have to why sin is being defeated in the world. But then it becomes about how do we do it. And so this week really gets into some of the meat. And I want you to go home and chew on it a little bit because it is awesome. Uh, and some of it's hard. <laughs> All of it's hard, really. Being a Christian is a hard work, is it not? Yeah, it's not easy to be a Christian. People think it's all kind of, you know, that there's going to be cupids kind of flying around. And we're going to have cream cheese and clouds floating around. But when you become a Christian, God gives you work. <laughs> this is what Labor Day is all about. And so with you, as you hear the word today, know that this is to be put into action. That this is something that Jesus wants us to live by. And Paul is just communicating that word to us in the book of Romans. So here now, Romans 12, 1 through 21. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministry. The teacher in teaching. The exhorter in exhortation. The giver in generosity. The leader in diligence. The compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, 
Never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals upon their heads. But do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for the people of God. We don't need a constitution. (laughs) It's right there. Let us pray. Lord God, I pray that you would speak through me. But if not, that you would speak in spite of me. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to offer a meditation today. It's on this particular portion of the scripture today, and it's about offering ourselves as living sacrifices. The very first line of the scripture today, but the rest of the scripture is about how we go about doing that. Another word for sacrifice is offering, how we offer ourselves to God. And when you use the term sacrifice, it denotes that you're giving all of yourself. And a few ways that I would think of that, about offering oneself, and for me, and I've read a few other pastors talk about it this way, they say, in respect between best friends. I have a best friend myself. Uh, His name's Mark. So Mark, if you're watching on the internet, hi. (laughs) Uh, my, My best friend Mark and I, we built a friendship in high school. We would call each other and giggle like schoolgirls on the phone, just joking around with one another. We had a good time, and actually our moms would make fun of us because we had such a strong relationship. And we would just make silly videos and do stupid things together when we were kids. But then stuff started getting real. We became adults, and we started going to the college world. We both went to separate colleges. He stayed in Massachusetts, and I went down to Florida. And uh, he went for graphic design, I went for graphic design. He ended up a graphic designer, and I ended up a minister. But we didn't talk to each other barely at all for four years through those college years. And something happened, though, when I started coming back uh, to get married. I was going to take my bride to freeze her in the north for a little bit. She was from North Carolina and Florida. I said, I'm going to take her up in the middle of the blizzard, and you're going to meet my best friend, Mark, who I haven't talked to in two years. (laughs) And I said, uh, we, we met. And when I saw Mark in the parking lot in Applebee's, which was the fanciest restaurant in our town, I, we, we saw each other, and it was like we had never left each other. It was just the conversation that we had two years prior just started back up again. You know? And when, that, when we left each other after that Applebee's meal, we didn't want to leave. We gave each other a hug. and We knew there might be another two years before we really saw each other again, but we realized there was something there that we wanted to hold on to. So the next two years went by. We got married. He was one of the... Uh, he was the best man at my wedding, and, and uh, we just kept living life. And it's gotten to this point in our lives where now we give each other calls from time to time. And when he has a need, he calls me. When I have a need, I call him. And really what it means is, is even though we're separated by geography, if anything happens that would devastate either one of us, we would give, give up everything to get to that other and help. And that's being best friends, right? He doesn't use best friends. I don't use the word best friends. It's a cheesy term. But we offer oneself as best friends to one another. And when you become a Christian, you really become Jesus' best friend. 
I look at the scriptures and I see the disciples walking with Jesus. And it was a small group of, of young men who did things with Jesus. And those things were ministry, healing, preaching, teaching, caring, loving, meeting needs. And even when the disciples weren't there, the disciples were learning from Jesus' example. Jesus with the woman at the well in John chapter 4 is one of my favorite points in Scripture. Jesus meets a woman at the well, and she becomes his best friend. <laughs> she had a, a past that was broken. It says that she had had 15 husbands. But Jesus sees her as a spiritual being, someone who needs love, needs a best friend. And he said, I'm not going to give you water at this well. I'm going to give you living water. And she gets so excited about the prospect of doing true worship in the presence of God that she runs back to her town and tells everybody about Jesus. She brings them back and she ends up becoming a minister to her whole community. Because she became, in an instant, Jesus' best friend. I'm looking at folks that are out in the middle of the hurricane of Harvey. I don't know if you watch the Weather Channel, but they're just doing nonstop videos about what's going on out there. And I see people that are in the midst of crisis and who are waiting waist-deep in water. I saw a guy playing the piano with his knees down in the water with a reporter. But I think about particularly a police officer who, when Harvey first started to end, after 15 trillion gallons of water had fallen, and another five trillion were about to fall. When the real worst of the storm was over and the winds were gone, he decided that he was going to go out and help people. Just like all the emergency responders, just like the, what do they call it, the Louisiana, uh, the Cajun Navy, <laughs> the Cajun Navy going out to help people. People began to help one another. And this particular police officer that I'm thinking about, he went out and was a first responder, and he actually ended up losing his life trying to help other people. And there's not a person that's out there in the middle of the waters that wouldn't give their life for someone else because they have instantly become best friends. When that much devastation hits, when that much suffering comes around, you need best friends to get through. And I'll note that churches are everywhere. And suddenly the churches are becoming distribution centers for food and clothing and shelter. Suddenly the community officials and the churches are talking to one another and everyone is getting on the same page, which wouldn't have been possible without that disaster. The nice thing about following Jesus is you don't need a disaster to be best friends. You just read Romans chapter 12. And 13 and 14 and 15 and 16. And you begin to live out the life of being a living sacrifice. Pouring yourself out of all that you have for others. Jesus already did it for us. He gave everything that he had. He didn't hold back one ounce of his blood. He didn't hold back one ounce of his being or of his spirit. Jesus, before we even were saved, was our best friend. And we didn't even know him. That's why we do what we do. Today we come to the table. Today we commune with Jesus Christ and we break bread together as friends. 
as best friends, united through our great best friend, Jesus Christ. But we take the bread and we take the wine, not just for ourselves, but everyone that we go out to minister to like the woman at the well. If we're excited about Jesus Christ, if Jesus has made a difference in our lives, if we have the living waters of life welling up within ourselves, we can't help but go and give some of that bread and that wine, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ to someone else. Just like the multitudes and the 5,000 that were fed miraculously, well, we got right here in the Nidhi-Givans area a few thousand people too. We can see miracles because we got a best friend in Jesus Christ. So come to the table. Eat, but know that the table never runs out. And that all who come to the best friend, Jesus Christ, will be saved. Amen.